Hi, welcome to Joy Score, offering tips and tools in health, fitness, and mindfulness. My name is Ellie Lund. I will be your host today. And today we are delighted and honored to speak to Carolyn Carpenter. Carolyn Carpenter is a Los Angeles actress, producer, CEO, and founder of Five Talent Entertainment. Carolyn wrote, produced, and starred in many award-winning films and television streaming series. Her most recent project, the comedy web series Recruited TV, is currently airing on YouTube. Welcome, Carolyn. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you for inviting me, Ellie. I'm really excited to be here. So this is a very special series that we're offering at JoyScore. And it's a series around aligning our doing with our being. It's something that Eckhart Tolle has talked about in his books and in his podcasts and YouTube videos. And I really find it a really powerful way to connect with joy in your life. And one of the reasons um, we invited Carolyn to come uh, with us today is because she has an amazing story to tell about her journey and aligning her doing with her being as an actress, film producer, and uh, writer. So, um, Carolyn, please tell us, how did it all begin? Um, well, let's see here. It all began back in, gosh, 2000, end of 2002, beginning of 2003. Um, my friends and I were taking an acting class down in San Diego and our, um, you know, we wanted to be actors and it was hard because a lot of being an actor is having this immense passion for your art and what you do and being on stage and being creative or in front of the camera and being creative, but you're very much at the mercy of um, other people to give you the opportunity to do that. So you wait and wait for the phone to ring with either your agent calling with an audition or, you know, a booking on a job. And that happens sometimes all the time. And sometimes it can go months for some people, even years before those phone calls start coming in. So it can get to be um, incredibly discouraging to kind of play this constant waiting game. So our acting coach told us, you know, um, this was back before digital media had really taken off. Um, everybody was still really filming on film. So this was like when the first digital uh, video cameras first came out. And our coach told us, you know, there's no reason now that digital video is starting to emerge that you can't just get your friends together and write a script and produce your own work and keep yourselves working while you're waiting for the phone to ring. I mean, worst case scenario, it, it keeps you fresh as an actor. It keeps you um, on top of your skills. And best case scenario, someone sees your project and it blows up and becomes a mega hit. So there were, I think, about 30 people in the class. And there were three of us that took our acting coach seriously. And um, my friend Rain, he went out and he wrote a script and then he came back to uh, myself and our friend Ben and said, hey, I wrote the script. I, I want to do what Steve said. I want to produce it. Are you guys in? So like, sure, okay. So we chipped in our, our little money that we had at the time, which I think uh, was all of $500 between the three of us. And wow. we rented a camera and got a couple other friends together and filmed it, uh, filmed a, a movie over the course of three days. 
Wow. And then we put it in a film festival, uh, the Imperial Beach Film Festival, and it was successful. It won a couple honorable mentions, and we were like, oh, wow, that's so cool. (laughs) (laughs) I guess we're filmmakers now. So so then we kind of dug in, like it just felt like we were really called to do this. And um, we said, okay, let's try it again. So then um, Rain wrote another script. This one was a full feature script. The first one was a short. And again, we like cobbled some money together. And we had a, you know, I think we had a bigger budget that time. I think the second one, our initial budget was like $2,500. So we saved some more money up and we kicked it all in. And then we filmed that one. And we took two weekends for this one. It was an extra long one. (laughs) So we filmed the second one over two weekends. And then again, it was like, let's just throw it in some festivals and see what happens. Um, And in the meantime, we had uh, each done some other projects as actors with other producers, and they had given us some ideas on how to market our work and get it out there. Mm -hmm. So um, flash forward like a year, we shot it, uh, we were editing it. Somewhere in there, the three of us made the decision to move to Los Angeles um, for, you know, to, to just give our careers a um, better opportunity in terms of connection and growth. And we entered that little film into the very first digital film festival, I think probably ever, certainly in Los Angeles. And it won Best Narrative Feature. And again, we were <laughs> we were like at the award ceremony, like we just showed up. We're like, yeah, let's get our, our drinks and hang out. <laughs> we'll be loud and clap for everybody. And then all of a sudden they call our names. We're like, wait, is that us? We're not there for something? So um, I think that really gave us the encouragement we needed to make this a permanent career choice. We were like, wow, what? something is really telling us that this is for us. And we ended up um, screening that film that was called Sons of God. Uh, It won Best Narrative Feature in the uh, Hollywood Digital Video Film Festival. And then we screened it in theaters throughout Southern California. Um, It also eventually went on to get uh, uh, Netflix. Uh, It was on Netflix for about a year and a half. Wow. uh, An international DVD distribution deal and it was on amazon prime um so i think if this was years ago like it's that movie was produced at the end of 2003 and the distribution deal occurred in 2010 so it's it's not out there in the market anymore but it that was really how it all got started was with with the suggestion from our acting coach and those two little films and and everything grew from there so in terms of my background um i've been acting since i was a little girl so i started acting in like community theater plays. I was actually producing my own plays in my living room with like my best friend across the street, who is also like an actor at the age of three. Like we didn't have any Brilliant. training, but <laughs> we loved making all the adults in the neighborhood miserable by forcing them to sit through two hour reenactments of it. the sound of music. So yeah, <laughs> sorry folks. Um, anyhow, uh, <laughs> when we got to grade school, uh, both he and I started taking uh, theater classes at the local community theater and then would do like community theater plays. Um, did high school theater. And then uh, out of that, I ended up going to college at uh, the Goodman School of Drama, which is now called the theater school at DePaul University. And um, Mm. from there, being able to work in the Chicago theater scene, um, starred as Anne Frank in the uh, 
the Chicago version of the new Diary of Anne Frank. It was the one that Natalie Portman starred in on Broadway and then came to Chicago. Um, I played Anne Frank in that. And then after that, I graduated college and decided to move to the West Coast and uh, pursue a career in, in California in, in acting. Um, I also ran a theater company um, in high school. It was like kind of a community. We partnered with a nonprofit in the community and mm -hmm. ran it. And then also ran a, a theater company for two years in San Diego before I started producing films. So, um, mm. so that explains a little bit of the management in mm -hmm. terms of management and production understanding and also the understanding of the narrative that would create such a powerful narrative, yes. you know, that it would win awards. Yes. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> the, um, the risk part of it. I will say that that is the risk part of it has never gone away. Every single day, I feel like we we wake up and we take risks as a company. Um, the scariest risk, I think, was the decision to move from San Diego to L.A. just because we knew we were going from um, being able to do this kind of as a hobby where we had day jobs and sort of like threw this together with shoot with like chewing gum and duct tape and sort of figured it out as we went to moving into a much bigger fish pond where the competition was going to be more difficult um people did this for an actual living instead of like reading books from barnes and noble and then figuring it out on the side um so that was a challenge and the other big risk in that was that um my business partner, who was my boyfriend at the time, we're still business partners, but not in a relationship anymore. Um, he had just gotten out of the Navy, so he was trying to go to school. He was going to film school while we moved, and we're starting the company. So it was this really, really rough five years where we were, I was working full time doing um uh, working on focus groups for the for like Warner Brothers to test their pilot television shows while he was going to school while we were producing um so that was just a super big challenge and a scary risk because we had gone from uh, a city that had one level of standard of living in terms of costs and then going to LA where the cost of living is is many times more expensive trying to figure out how to make it work and somehow we made it through I mean it we never took any vacations we didn't really go out very much all of our money went towards um, paying the rent and paying for productions but it was what we loved to do so it never really seemed like we were sacrificing that much because at the end of the day it was like well I got to film this weekend and we got to produce the script and we got to go to this film festival and and you know there's still been a lot of ups and downs in terms of having to work day jobs versus not working day jobs COVID has certainly um, put a very strict financial strain on what we're able to do but it, it's always one of those things where no matter how steep the mountain is in front of us because we have this passion for telling stories and and sharing those stories with the world we always find a way to make the time and make the money happen in order to produce our work and i think it would be fair to say it's just a part of 
who I am. It's a part of who my business partner is. And, um, and I think it's, it will always be a part of our lives in some shape or form. Mm -hmm. So I'm hearing you say that, you know, sometimes you just kind of like work through it. Like it's not like a a linear kind of high um, chronological step-by-step process that, you know, you feel like, okay, I've got my chance. Now I'm going to do it in order. It's really like um, a messy kind of creative artwork, kind of like discovery organic process that leads to something. And I, I really feel like your intentions are so pure. Like I'm hearing that as you're talking, you know, the, the, the intention to share stories and to share them from your point of view and how important that is and how that kind of like rises up, right. From, from the work that you're doing um, with your partner in, in business. Wow. That's exciting. That gives us hope. (laughs) Yeah. I'll say it's been anything but a straight line and I'm a very, very strong type A personality. And that has been, has been the hardest thing for me, not just to learn, but to accept that success in any shape or form, whether that's, the story of our production company or the story of how we've produced any of our projects or even the stories that we write for those projects, nothing is linear about it. It's super messy. It's super two steps forward, one step back. Um, It looks like you're going down the mountain a lot of times when in fact you're actually climbing it. Um, And it's so easy to fall into like kind of a, a, depressed or like self-deprecating state in those moments and be like, oh, I'm just going nowhere. But, um, you know, down the road when things lighten up a little, you turn around and you go, oh my gosh, I'm actually way further than I thought I was getting. Um, So having faith in those moments that you're still on track, that's been a big, a big lesson for me. And, and yeah, as far as our intentions go, um, I mean, I'm, I'm a big believer, I'm a Christian, and my faith is really a big part of what drives me. And so much of it for me is prayer. Like a lot of times I just, I am down on my knees praying like, God, is this really what you want me to do? Because I feel like it is not, nothing is going right. Everything's falling apart. All the actors quit. We've lost all our money. COVID happened and we can't film anybody now. Um, (laughs) And I just like, as long as I continue to feel called to walk this path, I just keep saying, okay, then God, show me what's next. Show me what's next, God. And I really, um, I think as a company, we, we don't really, you know, push Christianity on anybody that works on our sets and our, our storylines are certainly not all Christian focused. If you've seen any of our work, um, but I think prayer guides, guides our paths as artists a lot and keeps us um, strong when, when there's adversity, which there certainly is a lot of, I will not sugarcoat that. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about the adversity. Well, there's, there's always a spiritual base. So I'll say that much Mm. that God really has been my, my shepherd and my guide through everything and my rock. I could not, I mean, this has been such, um, such an adventure with complete with like every up or down (laughs) that most people could imagine. Um, really it, it has been, uh, you know, 
my faith that has gotten me through a lot of it. The other thing that has helped um, has been having my business partner and having my husband and uh, one of my dear friends, uh, Rachel Vickner, who is also an entrepreneur, to talk to about some of these challenges because um, it can get so lonely, I think, for people who are creative in any aspect, who are running businesses. Um, I think a lot of the time it's simple to start feeling like you're kind of alone in this and don't have a, a sounding board or anybody to turn to for advice. And, you know, they have like mentoring groups and stuff like that. But my experience with those has been a bit that they, um, while they can be really wonderful, especially if you're just starting out, unless they're the type of group that pairs you one-on-one -on -one with a mentor, it's tough to have that one person that's there to just kind of listen to you and, and, you know, um, be that, that, constant sounding board because that's a lot to ask of somebody let's be real that takes a lot of their time um but having rain that like is running the company with me so he's in it just as deep as i am and we have that ability to to just you know bounce ideas off of each other and go to each other for strength um, my husband who has just been so supportive from both from an emotional financial and mental standpoint, um, I could not ask for a better partner um, on this journey of life because he is there in the trenches with me through all of it. And he's a Marine, so I guess he's he's used to the tough times. Um, and then Rachel, who's also a, a female entrepreneur, who um, she gives a little bit different perspective because she's not in the entertainment industry, but sees a lot of the ups and downs. The other thing that I found really helpful in terms of having people in my life to keep me going in adversity. Um, I had the immense honor to uh, to go to a conference where Tyra Banks was speaking. And uh, she is just definitely one of the women in the industry that I really look to as someone who defines uh, success while still keeping a level head and a good ethic and gr being a great person. And she said, you need three people in your life. You need that best friend that you can turn to at any point that's going to tell you whatever it is you need to hear in that moment to keep going. So even if like it looks like you're going to fall flat on your face, she's there going, no, no, you're not going to fall flat on your face. It's all fine. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. And then you need that second best friend that's there that's going to tell it like it is very kindly from a place of support and uh from you know emotional endurance who's going to say okay yeah you might fall on your face right now but you know what if you fall on your face you're going to get back up and everybody's going to be here to help you and you you've got this you're strong you can keep going and then the third person you need and it took me a long time to find this person but boy let me tell you once i did it made a really big difference you need that frenemy and it doesn't have to be like somebody that you hate not in that sense but that one person that is in your life that's about two steps ahead of you that dangles that carrot right there and is like, all right, every time you pass a milestone, I'm going to work hard and pass that milestone. And you just kind of keep pushing each other through this sense of friendly competition to keep going because it's so easy when you hit adversity to, to slip back into comfort and say, I'm going to stay where I'm comfortable. I don't want to feel that stress. I don't want to feel that anxiety. I don't want to feel that pressure. 
So I'm going to sit here where I'm at, at this spot, and say I'm comfortable. I'm okay with only being here. And the problem with that is it might be comfortable in the short term, but three, five, ten years later, you turn around and look back and say, oh my gosh, look at all the time I wasted. I really wanted to be at this other point, but I got sucked into the comfort zone, and now I have to work a lot harder to pull myself out of it. So that, that was, that's really, really how I've, I've focused on getting through the adversity is, uh, is through prayer and then through those different people of support in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever used vision boards? Is that something that you practice or in your strategic planning as you're creating your next film or your next production? Yeah, that's a really great question. So yes, I do. I have a vision board for myself personally, for my personal goals and what I want my life to look like. And it's super easy to do vision boards now with the internet. Like I remember back when I was at college trying to do them and that was, gosh, I'm going to date myself here, but that was like when Google first started. Um, I mean, I was surrounded by like magazines on the floor doing it back then. Now you can just search for whatever image you're looking for and put them on a board on on your computer and make that your desktop. And I find that that's what I do for my personal vision board. So that that way, every time I go on the computer, which is very frequently, um, that's the first thing that pops up. And it anchors me in whatever you're spending your time doing and whatever you're thinking you want to be focused on when you are in your moment of greatest clarity these are the the things you wanted to achieve so because i get that way too i'll be like oh yeah but i kind of want to go like study archaeology in the middle east or like wouldn't it be cool (laughs) to just take a year (laughs) off and like visit the pyramid yeah that'd be awesome And then I can spend three hours figuring out on Google how to do exactly that. But having that vision board pop up, it's like, okay, but that is not going to get you any closer to winning an Academy Award. That's not going to get you any closer to, you know, spending the type of time with your family that you want. Like, it's right there as a reminder. The other place that that, um, I've used vision boards is definitely in our work um, as producers uh, for two reasons. One, it's so easy to get off track with what your vision for that production is once you get into production. So so pre-production is usually just my business partner and I, and then if we're bringing in an outside director or an outside cinematographer, which as as of the last two productions, we have done that, um, we create that vision board pretty much at the beginning of pre-production and it's really only a few minds at that stage. So it's, it's simpler to keep on track. Once we get on set and now you bring in all the actors and you bring in crew and there's all these other very creative minds that are all meeting as one and working collaboratively on this project. It's so easy for like one person, one actor to be like, I had this idea. What if we did this, this, and this with the character? And it seems like a fantastic idea when you're on the set shooting. You're like, yeah, let's do that. And then you get into editing and you realize that that suggestion does not fit with the story at all. It does not fit with anything you've already shot. And you're like, oh no, that whole scene won't work now because we changed direction in the middle of the shoot. Uh, We've learned that the hard way many, many times. 
So now we're super careful to make that vision, not only as a vision board, but a uh, written out like, like two to three paragraph vision statement for the project and have very clear character descriptions for each of the characters and staying strict to those, not because we want to stifle anybody's creativity, but because of the nature of the fact that film is a process where, because you don't shoot things linearly, so you're not usually shooting from the start to the finish, you're shooting in, in pieces, like you might start in the very middle of the script. When someone comes to you with an idea that sounds great in the moment, um, it's hard to remember where the story begins, where the story ends and everything in between and how that idea is gonna fit in with the chronology of the whole story. So we we do get a little strict on our sets now and are like, uh-uh, no, we can't do that. The other place where um, vision board and goal tracking is super important to us is when we finish post-production, our first four movies, we had a lot of um, challenges in that we had all these fantastic ideas for how to promote them once we were done, but because we got so wrapped up in the production process, we um, we spent a lot of money on producing, quite frankly, and a lot of time on producing. And then by the time we got done with production, um, we had no money and no energy left to market these things. So they were not as successful as we wanted because like, oh, I don't want to look at that anymore. Oh, we're all out of money. We've got $60 left to promote it. Can't do much with that. Put it in one festival. So <laughs> keeping yeah. us on track with saying, this is what we want this film to look like in the end. And this is where we want it to go in terms of visibility. Putting those stakes on the ground at the right. beginning has been life-changing for us. It's fascinating because I feel like it's a metaphor for life. And I find um, when you're talking, I'm like, yeah, that's happening for us too in terms of strategic management, in terms of uh, planning for schools, long-term goals and short-term goals and, you know, the dynamics of a conversation in a group and the group dynamics and the life and the creativity and the little sizzle that comes with that and how it could very easily take you in a different direction. And I think that happens in life as well. And I, I love the way that you said, you know, when you're producing a film, it's not in a chronological order when you produce it. So it's, it's kind of like life in a way too, in times of where you feel your, the pull in as far as your attention, whether it's a relationship or a job or a diet or a new kind of hobby that's taking you in different directions. And, you know, and then like you said, three or four years passed by you're like oh <laughs> that was bad where am I now where am I going you know and just having that reflective process um in terms of what is the story what is your personal narrative where is what is that what is it that you want to do that by the end of your life you're like this is what I wanted to do not in terms of for me accomplishments or anything like that but this is how I wanted to live this is the quality of life that I wanted to have this is the type of relationships and love relationships that I wanted to be a part of and share and, you know, imbue in my life. So it's just fascinating how metaphorical what you're saying is, you know, Absolutely. to life <laughs> in general. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I think we've shared a lot and you share so many insights in terms of your process and how you've aligned your doing with your being, no matter the adversities that you've had to face and the risks that you had to take. And I also feel like I think that the fact that you mentioned the three types of people that can really lift you up in in whatever dreams that you have, it, it was just so important to have that insight and um, and just the process that it's not a linear process that it goes in different directions. It's very organic, but at the same time, once you pull away and you see the perspective that you have on your life, you can make certain decisions that will lead you forward. Well, thank you so much, Carolyn, for being thank with us today. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's great to be able to talk about these things with you and, and share this with your listeners.